Previously on Woman to Woman. Sometimes you do have to sacrifice your own personal time or whatever you want to do in order to make sure that uh, you have the time carved out for your children because those children are a blessing from God and he expects you to take care of them and, uh, and to be there for them just as he is there for you. going on a trip with my mother back in those days at that age um, you know I've never heard anybody say that that mm -hmm. way uh, I mean the mom I've heard fathers take sons I mean I yeah. took my mm -hmm. son to, you know. mm -hmm. uh, well that's uh, that's unique the you know yes. and that way you get to understand him at a much deeper level yeah okay. very much so um, and it'll help him understand you at a much deeper level. Okay, the perfect example. He did a he came on the site inspection for the Gaylord where the Kufa conference was going to be in a couple of years, and and Pastor and Diana have gotten to know him so well over the years, mm -hmm. and so he understand he goes to camp every year during summit, so he can't come to summit. But he understand he'll write me from camp and say. You know, how was the, you know, the Marriott in Northern Virginia and how did the ballroom work out? You no, know, because he did the walkthrough and he saw, you know, where we were going to eat and where we were going to have the speakers. And then he went over and saw the Gaylord. And, and so he really, as much as I'm in his life, I'm also bringing him into my life, into what I do. And like I mentioned, because I travel so much that he understands when I'm traveling, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not everybody's life. So I don't know if it means bringing you know, your child to the office when it's appropriate, but just looking for for ways that they understand when you're not with them, what you're doing. Yeah. And then I think that it just, they appreciate who you are as a person uh, and what you provide for them. Uh, that's really important. I remember my daughter, my oldest girl, because um, I've, I've been on the road traveling for four decades, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just traveling. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and uh, someone asked, I think she's about eight or nine, because I'm sure you might remember this. Um, someone asked her something about where's, where's your father? And she said something like, uh, my daddy's just a plane ticket. And, when it, and it got back to me, and I heard about that. And I said, oops, okay, I'm going to change that. Okay, I can't, I can't, uh, I have to find another way. And so back in those days, they used to have, you know, uh, airlines and flights were much different than now. So you could take a red eye, red eye flight, you know. You take a flight at 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning and get to work. So, so I, I made much more attention or, or paid a lot more attention to make sure when they got up for breakfast, I was sitting there, even if I was half dead. Wow. <laughs> but, but to make sure I was there, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, to dealt with that. So then she got older, you know, just she talked about how much she was, you know, uh, how much respect she had for her father. And how he was always there with her. But I remember when she made this statement, mm -hmm. okay, when she was about eight or nine years old. You, you recall this? Yeah. Yeah. See, so uh, again, that's, uh, yeah, that's really good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and, and there's different ways to deal with that, you know, because sometimes we, uh, I didn't travel as much with him when, with the kids, when the kids were young. 
But when I did, having somebody come to the house to stay with them and not taking them out of their surroundings made mm -hmm. such a difference mm -hmm. than if, you know, I took them and made them stay at somebody's house. So we were, our thing was we had to find somebody that we can trust to stay with them and to be with them. And then we made, we made sure that they came to the house and um, we still, we didn't go that often with them, yeah. but. But she's talking about the grandchildren, I mean, uh, grandparents and how active. Yeah. And so the grandparents kind of, uh, it's like us when now that we're grandparents. Right. They know what room to go to. They know how they know. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a little bit different when it's, uh, you got a real strong relationship with grandparents. But yeah. yes, that's right. We, um, we want to make it as normal as possible and not change. Yeah, not, not change their routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, their yeah. routine. I know that's the beautiful part about, you know, having relationships, intergenerational relationships that, you know, yes, it's helpful for Eric and I on the rare occasion we both have to travel for work at the same time. It's so helpful that my parents mm -hmm. watch them, but it's actually my parents, particularly now at these ages, they really love it. Mm -hmm. And it creates a bond between those two generations, uh, yes. just spending real time together. It's, uh, it's so important. Yeah, that's big. Uh, we're in the lives of our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. But it is a great blessing. Speaking as a grandfather and grandmother, mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, there, there's a joke that uh, God's blessing, uh, your grandchildren are God's blessing to you for not killing your kids, you know. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> once said. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's hard to explain to someone what it's like to be a grandparent, your kids' kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is a special, I don't know, how would you describe it? There's a, there's a special bond. There's a special love for grandkids that's even, yeah. I wouldn't say it's more than your kids, but it's mm -hmm. definitely. It, it, you know, that appears that way sometimes to the kids, but we understand that the grandkids wouldn't be here without them, so. <laughs> We're, we're a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, they'll come over to the house and you say hi to everybody but the kids. But, <laughs> but your own kids, but they know yeah. that, you know. Yeah. You know, you just have yeah. to look at them and wink at them and do whatever you need to because when, they, when the kids come in, it's just like, especially if they all come at once, you really don't have time to, to even recognize anybody else. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful that our kids don't feel slighted <laughs> no. by that because <laughs> so, um, and this, just, you know, in the back of your head, you realize that, um, that they wouldn't be here without the kids. So one of the, you know, when my oldest granddaughter was at, a, at the house one time and I don't know what happened to this cup, but it was a cup of that said, my coffee cup that said, grandkids are my favorite people. Mm. So one day she said to me, she said, but what about your kids? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I all responded, well, they, you wouldn't be here without them. So yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> now, it was begged another question for women watching this today. Uh, and that is, now, so you have a great relationship with your parents and obviously your husband relationship with them must also be solid. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, concerns that, that we hear, I know, is, has been a pastor. From time to time, people come up and ask me about what's happening with their grandkids and their children are not handling these grandchildren, at least in the parents' opinion, grandparents' opinion, appropriately. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, I mean, uh, I can recall one case where uh, they were told, um, look, you, know, you raise your kids the way you want to, I raise one man the way I want to. I mean, uh, how do you feel about input from your parents, or are you, do your parents have any input into how you raise your children, or, or uh, what do you say about that? Have you met Jewish parents? Of course they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> forget that they are the grandparents uh, like multiple times a day uh, but you know but because they are so involved in their lives if they weren't involved in their lives uh, it would be an issue just totally honestly if they saw them never if they didn't understand them or know them and they were giving us advice it would be different but they know our kids I yeah. know we, they probably see them at minimum three times a week and they, you know, when they're at camp for three and a half weeks every summer, they miss them dearly. And it's always from a place of love and it's not from a place of judgment. And my parents know they did a lot right. Like every parent, they probably did things, you know, that weren't exactly right. And so, but they did a lot right. And so both Eric and I actually really appreciate, you know, that they care so much that our kids are so blessed to have people who beyond their parents, care are so deeply invested in who they are as people and you know that was someone told me years and years ago when we weren't living near family and they said you know it's fine not to live near family until you have kids but when you have kids no one is going to love your kids as much as your family does your friends will care about your kids your your, mm -hmm. your friends will text you and say how hey how was first day of high school mm -hmm. but then your friends go about their day and they're not thinking about your kid the rest of the day but all day my parents are thinking it's Aiden's first day of high school today how's he doing you know and so that's real and and so mm -hmm. I really, sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, mom, dad, I heard you and we're going to go this way, but I will always hear them out. Yeah. They've had, you know, they raised four children who are all pretty successful. You know, I'm the oldest of four, three, you know, three girls and a boy. And uh, they have a decade more of experience than we do. And so I, I, I hope, um, you know, that those grandparents that are asking are really involved in their grandchildren's lives. Yeah. But you used a word there that's, no judgment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, expound on that. I mean, uh, because a grandparent, you could be attempting to, uh, I pretty much don't say much to the parents at all about, even if I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, this is not the way to go about this. You know? Okay. Uh, I have been here, done this, understand this. You don't. And I know that. But, but rather than get on the... Opposite side of them because I don't want to hear mm -hmm. this them thinking I'm intruding or that I'm judging them because it wouldn't be that it was just an issue yeah. of uh, you know uh, look we've been here mm -hmm. okay yeah. so let's not make the same mistake go ahead so I also think it's even with my parents it's child specific so of the four of us only two of us have children and they know not to give as much advice to my sister as they do to me. 
it would not be as well received. Uh, and so, you know, my assumption is they probably have a lot they'd like to say. So they have the ability to hold back, but they know when it's going to be well received. And so, you know, we were very open with my parents. And, you know, part of it is we live physically closer to my parents, you know, five minutes away versus my sister lives 20. And so they see our kids a lot more. And so I think that because they are more in a, when we travel more in a parental role with our parents, our kids, that changes a lot of the dynamic. And because my sister lives 20 minutes away, they're very rarely alone with her kids uh, because they have an au pair and it's a different structure over there. I think what we have is is different. And so um, I think it's every different dynamic of a, a family. And um, you're probably sensing, you're, you're, you're not knowing your, your kids, but you're, you're, you know, but um, I think that you just, you sense intrinsically what your children are thinking and what they need and my parents know that it would not be well received from my sister but they know that eric and i are are really like very comfortable with their input well my children are strong we would like their like their mother you see so. <laughs> <laughs> like very independent <laughs> okay. no, and i think everybody knows true. the real part of that but go ahead <laughs> 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 no, yeah. but I, I commend you because it must be very difficult to um, not say something when you're, you know, you're so you parented your children for more than 18 years. And I think it's just a natural continuation of wanting to continue to parent them um, as their parents. It's, I can imagine that would be very challenging. Yeah. And it makes a difference too when, um, you know, for the single ladies out there, when you uh, are are looking at someone that you might possibly um, marry that you know enough about their background and their philosophy on raising kids that you that also becomes a part of your decision uh, because uh, if you're not in agreement with how you raise your kids then of course it's going to be a problem if someone tries to intervene and give advice because mm -hmm. then it becomes that person against the other person you know and um, nobody wants to be in that situation. So, oh, no. so, you know, and as a couple, you have to sometimes compromise. And it's very hard to ask a third person or a four, fourth person to compromise with that. Yeah. So it makes a big deal. A big, uh, uh, it's very important that you make that when you, when you consider marrying someone that you consider that because it's, that's important. That's a very important area. Mm -hmm. What about um, should they consider the role of potential grandparents in the future kids? Um, well, if they get to know the parents, they should already know what that role is going to be because so they're watch you're watching. Um, maybe they, you know, their uh, your the guy or the one, uh, that you're dating, maybe his parents already have grandchildren, and you're noticing how they relate to them or whatever. Uh, those are things, all pointers, everything that you want to know. If you have grandparents or, or if you are, are dating someone who has grandchildren and they're not a part of their life, then you have to be okay with that mm. because they're probably not going to be a part of your, your kid's life either. Mm -hmm. um, so those are all considerations, and people don't think about that. When they, get, when they get into a relationship, all they think about, what's your name, and this is mine, and let's get together. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not that simple. It's a whole lot that comes, uh, um, that's at attached to that. And the more you know about a person before you walk down the aisle and say, I do, mm 
the better off you're going to be afterwards. Sounds like what you're saying for your single ladies audience is that uh, it's not enough just to know him. Right. You got to know the whole sphere around him. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Just like in a, a, a blended family, one of the things that I, I tell people in the blended family is before you get married, you go out on, uh, on dates with the other person's kids and let them go get to know you. You're not just dating the person you're marrying. You have to date those kids because how you deal with those kids is going to make a big impact on whether you stay married. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of that is important. It's just, and it's, it's, you know, we don't, you know, we don't consider those things when we get married. We don't, you know, um, look at those different issues. And nowadays, most, most people that are getting married now are marrying into a, a blended family. One adult, one of the pre person have children. Um, and, you know, when you don't have children and the guy you marry, he has children, that child is on look at you as taking their dad from them. And your point of dating that child is letting them know, I'm not here to take from you, I'm here to add. Well, I'd ask you one more question. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, since that is indeed the case, which I, of course, know to be true, if that is indeed the case, then what should that person be saying to this child, or how should they go about it? Well, first of all, they should be, which which Shari talked about earlier, the, the biggest point where a child is returned is involved is that you listen to them. You allow them to talk and you listen to them and you ask them questions about what they said so they know that you're listening to them. Um, if they don't feel like you're listening to them, that they're not important enough for you to listen, then you got a problem because that's, they're not going to listen to you. The best way, especially depending on the age of that child, the best way to get back to you is do what you do to them. If they feel like you're ignoring them, they're going to ignore you. And, you know, that, you know, going into a marriage like that is a huge problem because uh, now the man's going to looking at you, be looking at you like, oh, why are you ignoring my child? Mm -hmm. And uh, Well, now, Shari seems to have the perfect setup, though. Yeah. Okay, I mean... She's got an understanding husband, high-powered husband, makes a lot of money, right? I'm assuming, okay? Uh, uh, she's uh, got her parents that are heavily involved, mm -hmm. heavily invested. Uh, she's got two kids, a boy and a girl. I mean, Shari, I just think you got it made. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I, I feel incredibly, incredibly blessed. But it's, it's also, you know, it's a lot of work. And yeah. I mean, it, nothing was, you know, just you know, given to us. Uh, you know, neither Eric nor I grew up with wealth or, or privilege, and, and we worked really hard to get where we were. Neither one of us had family connections that got us to where we are. And um, like, you, like you said, Pastor Deborah, having the conversations at the beginning of the marriage, uh, before you're married, mm -hmm. so that you, you set yourself up for success, and that sounds really minor, but um, mm -hmm. in, in the Jewish community, uh, Jewish camps, where you send your kid to camp, is a really big part of our identity, and it's kind of it's a when every community has their own, um, you know, 
pieces that are intrinsic to the community. And I would say summer camp is an intrinsic piece of the Jewish community. And so Eric and I swear we're 21 years old in our first serious conversation about what, where our future children would go to camp. And our children now go to camp in Utica, Mississippi, because Eric won that conversation. I got the synagogue. We go to a conservative synagogue. They go to a reform camp in Utica, Mississippi. But I know it sounds funny, but had we never had that conversation and we had kids, his assumption would be that they would go to his camp. My assumption would be they went to my camp in northern Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a real fight. Yeah. But we resolved that and it's, you know, before we even you know, got engaged. Yeah. So you know, things like that, private public school, uh, you know, yeah. level of religiosity. You know, these aren't questions that you're typically going to ask on a second or third date. But these are questions people should be thinking about because that's really it, it creates something the, the structure and the rubric, you know, for your family that are you. Eric going to be okay spending every single Friday night with my parents and my family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big commitment. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Use the term compromise. How much compromise is involved in marriage? How a much compromise, compromise is it with your kids? A lot of compromise in marriage. And, and you know, I've actually brought to light, and I appreciate my son in a funny way that he, he did this. Um, we were contemplating having uh, an Israeli teenager stay with us for six months. And I, I really wasn't, uh, Pastor Deborah, like you said, I really wasn't listening to him. I was really, um, I, I thought, I thought I knew better and I thought that he really wanted this. And he pulled out the big guns and texted my sister and my sister <laughs> called me and, uh, and I said, Aiden, to be clear, that works once and that will never happen again. But you know, my kids are getting to an age where we do make family decisions together and, and mm -hmm. that we do when appropriate. They do not rule the roost. Uh, but when appropriate, we listen and compromise. And in that case, um, you know, he would have shared a bathroom and slept next to a this, you know, this kid from Israel who he didn't know. And I said, OK, you know, maybe in the future we'll do it. Maybe not now. But there's a there is more compromise than I expect at this point with my kids and a lot of compromise in marriage mm -hmm. uh, you know it is um you have to want what is best for your spouse and set your spouse up for success yes. and so you know next week i'm going to san antonio and i know it's really difficult for Eric to drive carpool in the morning so something as simple as that taking care of carpool before i go so he's not stressed while he's here mm -hmm. and i could just say hey i'm leaving by uh, but that is not setting him up for success, and it's not setting our marriage up for success. And so there's a lot of invisible work that goes on to make sure that you're putting your spouse's needs first mm -hmm. and that they're taken care of. Sounds like uh, we have a saying in ministry, at least in my Bible school here. Okay, the ministry is W-O-R-K. And uh, what I'm hearing you say is that there's a tremendous amount of work being a mother mm -hmm. and a wife. Yeah, and, and I raise this because, again, being a pastor, I talk to all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I so often deal with people who don't want to do the work. Yeah. Then you're not going to get the results. Yeah. You aren't going to have kids who are thriving, even, you know, even I just you know, think, Pastor Deborah, all the doctor's appointments and all the dentist appointments, mm -hmm. and, you know, that your kids need to thrive physically. You need to make sure that they're signed up for the, you know, it's, and as, as, um, 
I would say as equitable as Eric and I are, there's still sometimes always a default parent and the parent who is going to get the call from school first, the parent who is going to fill out the forms, the parent who's going to make the annual doctor's appointment. And, you know, and basically it's almost always the mother. And I don't, I'm absolutely happy to do it. It's a lot of work. But you see it that the kids know that they're supported on emotional level, physical level, spiritual mm -hmm. level, and that we take care of that for them. And they don't need to know it's me versus Eric because we're a team and it's a we take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, typically it's going to be the mother. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to okay. call me. They're going to call her. And mm -hmm. they should have called her first, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Although I will say, and Deborah, I hope your viewers don't hate me. I have not done laundry dishes in 20 years because <laughs> the advantage of being raised by someone who was raised by a single mother is he does dishes and laundry really well. So, you know, some of my friends really say like tactless, like meaning like really, how do you make this work? I'm like, well, let me tell you all the things I don't do. I don't do dishes. I don't do laundry. And Eric does most of the cooking. So you really, you, you can't do it all. Yeah. You just have someone who picks up those pieces, and it is rather untraditional, but, you know, very early in our, our marriage, I demonstrated my inability to do laundry and uh, do the dishwasher, and um, just saying, if you don't do something well, you may not expect that. Just kidding. But, um, and it works for us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it does. Uh, and so what my audience is, is uh, discovered today is that the everyday life of a Jewish person is not that much different than a Gentile. <laughs> no, it is not. We, we, have, we have a few more, we have a few more rules here and there. We have yeah. a few more holidays. Uh, but no, uh, we, we, li we live in the same world. We still have to put kids. our clothes on the same way and wash we our face do. and brush our teeth and do the things that's necessary for hygiene and all the other uh -huh. things. We have to do it too. Um, Our kids struggle with the same issues, uh, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, they do. But it can all be done if you acknowledge God first. Amen. And I'm shocked to hear her say she doesn't cook, she don't do laundry, she don't <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you said I was blessed and you didn't even know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> Uh, you know what we we do we should we should do what we uh, exceed at and our family enjoys and my family does not enjoy it when I cook. So. Well, it gets back to my first question to you: How in the world do you do all of that? And yeah. there is a price somewhere mm -hmm. to be paid to be able to do it. Yes, nobody can do everything. No, and you still make sure those things get done. So that's exactly. it's just, a, just an added blessing, and uh, more so to you being a power woman. <laughs> and, and you're raising independent kids. Yeah. My kids at their age, really, they decided we don't love mommy's cooking, and we can cook ourselves. I mean, they are fiercely independent, which, uh, you yeah. know, we are, we are very fortunate. Yes. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people don't, don't understand that you can start training your kids when they're young to oh, yeah. do things like that. And, uh, and they can do it. They can do your laundry and they can, you know, learn how to cook for themselves. And 
mm-hmm. for their siblings. Um, you know, so. I, I wouldn't have time to do the basketball and the mosaics and the pool mm-hmm. and the watching the shows. You know, if if I were and everyone, it's, things speak to people in different ways. And some people, like Diana Hagee, her love is in the kitchen, and yeah. my love is doing activities with the kids. And yeah. so, if you know, Eric and or Eric and the kids can figure out the food. It's you know, every family, and it's like if you really like and Bishop, I think that was your question at the beginning, like. Tapless, how does your family function and thrive? And and I just I do I find it fascinating. Every family has their own rhythm, and sometimes yeah. it's surprising who does what when yes. and how they make the families work. Right, me man, that's true. Well, that's the whole compromise issue, and this is the kind of stuff as as we uh, have classes with single people mm-hmm. who want to think about getting married. All this kind of stuff is supposed to be flushed out yes. before you walk down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And very few people do it. And no. the result is that they become surprised Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, when things come up. And the surprise is what makes that first year of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes there are, certain, there are certain years that are the high marks for divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year, the ninth year, and the 20th year. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting why, but, but the first year is because of all these surprises. I mean, obviously, yeah. you come in and people have these expectations that were not verbalized uh, and just assumptions of things. And then when the expectations and the assumptions don't happen, they become very upset mm-hmm. because I have now committed my life and committed my funds and committed everything else into this. And this is not what I thought it was going to be because they didn't try and find out first. They just were driven more by other factors. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they assumed that you were alike, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so whatever I like, he's going to like. No, that's not. Yeah. That's, that's usually not true, period. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say not necessarily true. That's yeah. usually <laughs> <laughs> That's that is not true, um, mm. you know. You know, sometimes when a people when people are dating, they'll put up with stuff just mm. to get you. Mm. But once they, they got that ring, then they're like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, we're not doing oh, that no more." <laughs> oh, sorry, I got you now. <laughs> I never liked that. Look, it never happened again. <laughs> What did I do? Yes. <laughs> so it's very, yeah, it's very important to talk about, every, if you think about it, talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, watch people around you that's married and just, you know, they'll help you to think of things and just talk about it. Find out what, you know, how you feel about it, how the other person feels about it, how important to you. Is this going to be something easy that you could compromise on? Or is this... This is something where you're not really the move. And those are very important decisions because, you know, what God has for your life is very important. And that can be stopped by who you choose to marry. And uh, so, you know, you have to talk about uh, these different issues and whatever. So you make sure that you end up with the right person. The first thing, though, to, to talking about is talking to God, is talking to God and making sure that you don't open yourself up to somebody that's not that doesn't believe in your God, then that 
you know, that's going to be uh, a very sticky area. So well, Shari, we, we have, it's went really fast time. We've come to the end of our time together. We want to thank you so much for being with us and, and talking to us and sharing uh, your life with us. And again, happy, uh, happy anniversary. Um, congratulations to your kids, especially a new high schooler. Amen. Um, and we just love you so much and just appreciate God for uh, allowing you into our lives and allowing us to be a part of your life. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing. I love spending time with you virtually or in person and can't wait to see you soon. All right. God bless you. Thanks again. Blessings. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. If questions you've had about dating, marriage, and friendships have gone unanswered, this book will put these questions to rest and put you on solid ground in your interpersonal relationships. Do you want to learn how to navigate successfully through life's changing seasons with its crossroads and uncharted waters? Find the information you need for a happy journey in establishing godly relationships through marriage and family. Order your copy today.